welcome to Integrating for Success, a Warden Updegrove podcast. My name is Amy Noonan and I will be your host. I'm excited to welcome tax partner Tim Bridge to the podcast. Tim has been with Warden Updegrove since 2011 and became a partner in 2019. He provides a wide range of services to clients, including advising on incorporation, corporate and personal tax compliance, reorganization of corporate structures, advising on purchase and sales of businesses, and estate and succession planning, just to name a few. Welcome to the podcast, Tim. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me. So I think today's discussion may be a sobering one for some, but as we've discussed in previous episodes, there's so much value in being prepared and planning for the future. And I think this is especially true when it comes to tax planning and sadly death. Uh, Our episode with Luke McLennan touched on some estate planning and alluded to the tax planning services that Warden Uptergrove can provide when looking at a financial plan. So, Tim, what are some of the key tax rules to be aware of when someone passes away? Yeah, so um, I do a lot of work regarding uh, death of taxpayers. And and what I always uh, try to inform and educate people are is that the year of death is always special from a tax perspective because special rules come into play. Um, The biggest rule to take into account is what's called having a deemed disposition at fair market value. And what that means is properties that have accrued in value over your lifetime have a capital gain that needs to be recognized at death. And while the government allows that gain to accrue without being taxed through your lifetime, at at the point of death, that's kind of the last chance um, the government says that you have and and they require you to realize those gains. Mm. Um, What that uh, basically causes is a large income inclusion and um, oftentimes taxpayers' income levels go up into the higher tax brackets, which is a large tax bill uh, resulting. A big part of estate planning is planning for that deemed disposition and looking for ways to either minimize taxes on that or even eliminate them in some cases. Oh, wow. Okay. So I think you alluded to this, but what are some of the tax planning opportunities that are available in the year of death then? Yeah, so the biggest one uh, that we look at is uh, essentially for married couples. On the first death of a married uh, spouse, properties normally are allowed to what we call roll over at tax cost, avoiding the deemed disposition at fair market value and deferring the gain over to the surviving spouse. So that often um, on a first death, there's not usually a lot of concern because we have that rollover available to us. Um, That being said, there are some opportunities with that whereby we can make an election to transfer properties at fair market value on a property by property basis, even allowing a lot of flexibility. And we might do that to, say, increase the cost uh, for tax purposes to the surviving spouse so that their deemed disposition when they pass away is less. And that saves tax by using the deceased, uh, say, graduated tax brackets, or maybe they have some tax credits available or exemptions available in the year of death. Okay. Okay. So um, what are some of the common pitfalls or traps to watch out for? I'm sure there's got to be something out there that you need to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah. So this is um, always uh, interesting to see certain situations uh, that uh, taxpayers get themselves into. Um, One big uh, issue that uh, we look for, especially in our client base, is uh, a lot of our clients have private corporations that they operate their businesses through or own property through. And the deemed disposition rules when you own shares of a private company creates a real risk of uh, what we call double tax um, in the year of death and throughout the administration of the estate. 
So you only have a very little amount of time um, after the death. Usually uh, these, this planning needs to be done within one year. And uh, while one year sounds like a lot in the most instances, it's, it's uh, actually quite rushed if it's not been planned for ahead of time uh, to avoid the double tax issue. So um, that's one of the big issues that we look at. Um, usually trying to plan for that ahead of the death, obviously, is our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, the other issues that we see uh, come up with regards to, say, registered plans, things like RSPs or RIFs, mm-hmm. um, the value of the RSP or RIF is deemed disposed of in the fair market or at fair market value in the year of death, mm-hmm. also causing the income level to spike up into the higher tax brackets uh, to the point where the tax on an RSP plan becomes up to, say, 54%, the highest uh, marginal tax rate in Ontario. Oh, wow. So essentially at that point, you're paying more uh, in tax to the government than the estate is keeping. And unfortunately, a lot of times the taxpayer um, is paying a higher rate of tax in the year of death than the um, tax deduction they got when they made the contribution to the RSP. So, uh, you know, some of the planning that we do when estate planning is looking at the value of those RSPs and and how do we maybe bring that in maybe sooner to use marginal tax brackets as opposed to waiting for for death. Mm. On a related note, RSPs also are interesting uh, specifically in that you can name a beneficiary on them to avoid them going through your estate. And something that uh, comes up that people may not be aware of is that on death, the beneficiary who's named on it gets the full value of the plan, but the tax has to be paid by the estate. So there's a mismatch of who gets the money and who has to pay the tax. Oh, and that can cause a whole range. Yeah, it can cause a whole range of issues um, that are dealt with so or that need to be dealt with um, mm. and often um, very difficult to deal with as well, um, if not planned for. Mm. Yeah, other issues, you know, you know, those are some specific tax items, but other things we look at, too that people have got themselves into trouble with are dispersing funds before the administration of the estate is properly wound up. Mm. Um, Something we help with is uh, applying for what we call a clearance certificate, which is basically asking the the government to take a final look at the filings and basically give you a certificate that gets you as an executor off the hook in case the government decides to come back and find extra tax um, in later years. We have Mm. seen... um, executors who have, you know, typically they're under a lot of pressure to pay out the funds, uh, especially from beneficiaries who have never administered a state, they don't understand some of the complexities. Um, And um, they'll distribute out the funds without maybe holding back an amount or without getting the filings done or a clearance certificate, and then find them in a a, themselves in a tough position, Mm. where there's unknown liabilities or taxes um, change or they're that they were unaware of that come back and um, Technically, if they don't have that clearance certificate as an executor, they're they're on the hook for that as the first uh, line that the CRA could come come after usually. Oh wow! Okay, that's a that's a lot to think about, and I uh, I know that Luke said that there's a lot of tax planning to be done in estate planning, but uh, wow, okay, yeah, it really is. So um, now we we've heard of Ontario probate. So is that the same as income taxes? And if not, what are the differences? Yeah, so no, they're they're two separate things, but oftentimes people will read or hear things and kind of the concepts maybe get blurred or, or mixed together. The probate in Ontario is, is largely a fee that's charged by the government to administer uh, the estate and, and the will. 
where income tax is actually looking at the assets and what income is being generated off it or the value of the capital gains that need to be taxed. And um, mm-hmm. the probate is based on the value of the assets that are subject to probate, the fair okay. market value, as opposed to income tax, which looks like looks at income generated from those assets or gains that have uh, arisen in those assets, not necessarily just the fair market value. The probate also is a different rate um, right now, up to one and a half percent of the fair market value is subject to probate in Ontario, whereas income taxes are on a you know a, a different schedule of rates with mm-hmm. credits and exemptions and deductions available. Yeah, we do a lot of planning, especially with the value in assets uh, these days that has gone up significantly um, regarding trying to minimize probate. And there's lots of strategies that we can employ ahead of time. Um, but what's interesting is some of those strategies, you know, also you have to consider the income tax implications and the rules mm-hmm. don't always work well together. So there's a lot of uh, considerations there. And also um, a lot of caution needs to be taken when trying to avoid the probate because, you know, while it sounds great to avoid one and a half percent, unfortunately, <laughs> what we've seen without proper advice is clients get themselves into trouble where assets are not properly administered, go to the wrong spot. Um, just among some issues. So right. it's not usually as simple as just someone says, I'll put their, the kids' names on it. Um, mm. There's a lot more to it that needs to be considered. Right. And I think that's a great point because I know that a lot of people would say, well, it's not my problem anymore. So <laughs> so that's, mm, that, that's yeah. a great point. Um, so I'm sure a lot of people are wondering now, having you know, all these points brought up, like when is a good time to think about estate planning? You know, are there benefits to doing this planning early? Yeah, yeah. So definitely um, that, you know, the earlier, the better, uh, really, to start thinking about planning. I know it sounds strange to and it's a hard concept to actually get Mm -hmm. most people to actually think about what would happen when they do pass away. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, generally earlier, the better, Um, you know, even when we're looking at maybe bringing in the next generation to a business or a farm, we'll talk about to that next generation about making sure they're starting to think about certain things even though they're really just getting started maybe in the business Mm -hmm. or or the farm things like uh, making sure your will is in place there's a lot of people without even wills in place Mm -hmm. um, is always the first step and then thinking about adding on planning when you're doing the will and 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 making sure it's always updated Um, you know and there's significant tax savings is that can be you know achieved by thinking about things earlier things like you know, freezing the value of assets that you own so that the deemed disposition is less when you pass away and having transferred that growth to the mm. next generation and deferring those gains out further and the taxes with them. Wow, okay. um, you need time on your side to really make some of those strategies work well. Right. Um, you know, also ensuring that liquidity and cash is available to, to pay to the taxes that may happen on an estate. So if you do no planning, and, uh, you know, you have the deemed disposition, oftentimes families might be forced to sell assets to pay the tax, mm. um, which could, you know, result in the loss of, say, the family cottage because uh, right. they had to pay the tax on the gain uh, in the estate. Mm-hmm. More time uh, just allows planning to put things in place, maybe a life insurance policy, maybe, right. you know, um, other strategies to minimize those taxes or create liquidity. Ultimately, you know, the earlier you plan, the better. It just gives you a lot better chance to make sure that your goals and wishes are met, um, mm-hmm. you know, in your estate and that, you know, the people that you love get the assets that you want and that the taxes are minimized. Right. So on, on the flip side, you know, 
is it is it too late for someone who maybe hasn't done this planning to look at it now? Yeah, I would I would say it's never never too late. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's always you know usually opportunities that even if somebody's quite uh, elderly or even if they're sick and you know um, you know unfortunately if they we've dealt with some clients that are you know have a terminal disease and and that mm-hmm. there still is is some opportunities from a tax perspective as well. Um, and certainly even getting the wills in place, mm-hmm. um, we've we've assisted with that even for, you know, some very um, end of life people um, putting those in place, which is, you know, not only save some tax, but also just give some peace of mind to them mm-hmm. and the family as well. Right. No, that makes sense. Um, you know, and I think I just keep coming back to this with every person I talk to that, you know, it may might be a difficult conversation, but getting these plans in place and being proactive is just so valuable and will save you time, money, stress, you know, energy in the future. So um, I think, you know, anybody knowing that they don't have this plan in place, hopefully this is a little bit of a nudge to, uh, to get them to look at it sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of value here and, Personally, I didn't know about the RSP thing, so that was very interesting to me. Uh, so thank you so much, Tim, for taking the time to join us today. Oh, you're welcome, Amy. Thank you. Thank you.